So to go back into uh, the Shikantaza, uh, why Shikantaza, we'll say a little bit more about that. And also, I'm happy to respond to questions if you have them, and I hope you do. So if you are to um, train your mind using uh, uh, Shine Lakton or Shine or uh, Shine is the, is the Tibetan for resting in tranquility or calm abiding. Not wrong, not incorrect. I practiced it for many, many years and also was trained in how to teach that in 1978. So I also taught it to people over a long period of time from then. And the idea there is to uh, try to stabilize the mind. To, it's just broken up into a couple of parts. The stability, stabilizing the mind, and then uh, the Vipassana part or the, the Lakshman part would be the panoramic awareness, which uh, eventually, of course, in the wisdom situation is uh, Maha Vipassana or the great panoramic awareness that, that is without a center and without a fringe. These are just ways of talking about it. Um, so, for as I said, for a long time I taught out of that how I was taught, uh, and do not do that so much today unless someone comes before me as a student and is having uh, certain kinds of difficulties with their their mind stream, and I'm not going to lay those out particular particularly, although I would be happy to answer questions about them. <clears throat> so here, here's the way I would like to characterize this is if you, with everyone's different way of fabricating their reality, their opinions, their ideas, where they're tightened up or where they're loose, all the variations in different personalities, call it karma, call it what you wish, but it's very, very complicated. And to my way of understanding, and this is not necessarily correct, I'm not correcting anyone, my way of understanding is that if you endeavor to calm the mind, you are calming what you think is the mind and not the actual mind. The mind does not need calming. But some teachers, some people, uh, going back to the Theravadans and even before, and even the Buddha, uh, perhaps talked in that way. <clears throat> Different kind of audience that we have today. He was basically talking to monks people who did nothing all day but practice and study. Um, but if you, if you endeavor to calm the mind, you might, it might calm down, but it will still be uh, confused. It would just look like it's calm because you've done something artificially to it. And again, as I've said before, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that maybe that's the way you need to work with your mind. If what I'm saying to you and your connection with me is not very strong, go find another teacher. I'm not sending you away, but maybe this isn't your uh, bailiwick or whatever you want to call it. Chances are, if you're talking to me, probably is. And I'm not particularly necessarily a good advertisement for anything and don't, don't want to be. So having practiced that for a long time and continually, and the way I was taught, 
not initially. Initially, I was taught just to sit there, which is basically shikantaza. The first thing that I was taught in 1973 was sit down. <laughs> Should I close my eyes? No. And that was it. Wasn't any particular instruction given. And then later on, uh, perhaps speculatively uh, speaking, of course, uh, perhaps Rinpoche saw with all these students, you better give them some kind of a technique because he wasn't able to talk to them individually. So he said, um, follow your breath. Uh, not follow the breath both directions, which is the way His Holiness the 17th Karmapa teaches uh, Shini. There's a out breath, in breath, out breath, in breath. One, one, two, two, three, three, four, four. Pretty tight technique. His Holiness has all my respect and my, my everything I have is to, for His Holiness. I just don't teach that way. So, It seems necessary to actually see what is moving in the mind and the way in which that movement happens personally, directly with your with your awareness, your consciousness, rather than artificially come in and try to tamp things down, smooth them out. And anytime a thought starts to run out, uh, label that thinking so you don't don't get swamped by your thoughts. In other words, ignore that thought, boycott. You know, Rinpoche even used that word boycott. And again, it's not not incorrect. Maybe that's the kind of structure you need to, or teaching you need. But I don't think so. What I think you need to do is watch what moves. And you may you may spend a whole hour watching your diaphragm move. You could call that uh, mindfulness. You could call it anything you want. Call it shine. Call it resting in tranquility. But it's not, uh, it's not something you're trying to maintain. The maintenance part of it is where uh, it doesn't seem to work so well. Coming from my experience of doing it for a long, long period of time. If you want something to work uh, well by way of awareness, then the, what has to have the priority is the awareness, not the what arises in that awareness or the thought or the labeling of thinking and returning to the breath. There's some kind of fixation on the breathing uh, of the body. It's interesting that if you sit down and practice Shikantaza as, as I'm teaching it, as I teach, have taught it, you might follow any number of things. You might follow a daydream about something that's going to happen in the future or you want to happen. You, you, might, you might go any number of different directions. You might plan a meal in your head. You might decide to uh, maybe you're building a, a shed out in your backyard and there's something that you're having difficulty with, and you might actually work that out. Not a problem. What is, what is, uh, what the instruction is, is hold very still without being rigid, sit symmetrical and watch the movement because anything that moves there is not different than anything else that moves there. It just looks like it. So if you have thoughts about uh, killing your neighbor, I'm not saying those aren't, but thoughts about killing your neighbor. But they're not any different than uh, going over a recipe for a custard pie. And if you think they are, 
then that's part of the way that the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the complaining mind, the mind that wants more than its uh, than its share, so to speak, will get a handle on you, and you and you will believe in the propaganda of your thinking process, which is always about me, 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 and my stuff, and how I'm mistreated, how people don't respect me, or on and on. I could go on and on about that, but seeing what is fundamentally true is what I am about as far as encouraging you to uh, see who you are. You may become a Buddhist. You may may become a monk. I'm not going to stop you, nor will I encourage you. I think that's your business. I don't know what your karma is. There's no way I can know what your karma is. You would have to come and tell me what it is by saying uh, whatever you say. I can see pretty good. And, and I'm even better at seeing good because I don't come to many conclusions. This doesn't mean that I don't suffer. It doesn't also doesn't mean that I don't have uh, opinions that come and go. I do. So that that is the way that shikantaza by not too tight, not too loose, and don't shut down. Just observe shikantaza actually will help you train your mind so you don't believe in anything, you don't disbelieve anything. And you don't ignore anything. It is called what? Awareness. If you're believing in something, this is what, what happens to the awareness. You believe that. You no longer see it deeply. If you disbelieve it, you actually put up a scrim or a grid in front of your awareness. And if you ignore, it should be obvious. Distract yourself into something else. So if you, if you want to see the truth, you have to look at the lies. If you want to see what is true, you have to look at this showing up and that showing up and this turning this way and that turning that way. You have to look at that. And how do you do that? Hold everything still that you can. Watch the movement. Shikantaza, just precisely this. The precision might come quite a bit later. Yes. Unya's trying to get me to look at the, the screen up here where the there's seven people on YouTube, and there's uh, 26 people on Zoom, and there's nobody out the window, and there's Hoyos in the Hojo. So, got a lot of company. She's trying to get me to look at the at the YouTube screen because I think she thinks that people will not like me. One person just left. There's only six there now, so somebody got irritated and just didn't like the way I was handling things. Oh no, now they're down here. <laughs> so Jeez, I don't know. Yes, go ahead, please. Thanks for so stopping me. You can see the student's neurosis. And I'm just wondering how we can give the teacher permission to help us see that or to point that out to us, following. Already doing it. Anybody here is is already doing the best they can. <laughs> and so this doesn't mean that people are doing this at different levels. Some people are just naturally more open to to uh, feedback in that area and some people are uh, are working very hard on on appearing like they're open to feedback is that open to something that can actually be actively cultivated or worked on following yes it can and the way you do that is open up to yourself Sit down, hold still, look at the way you're closed. 
look at the way you, you shut off, that you have ideas about yourself there, you continually validate over and over again. You, and the way we validate our, that is to um, maybe accuse ourselves. I'm so terrible. I'm not getting anything right. I'm not learning anything. I'm whatever, any kind of negativity. Or take that negativity and point it outside of yourself. That person is giving me a hard time or that person uh, blame, 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 blaming. And uh, the interesting thing is you, you may be relatively correct. That person may be doing this, that, or the other thing. But you, you can't do that uh, and, and, and make, uh, shall we say, relatively progress on the path if you're continually re, uh, reestablishing the negativity that you're trying to endeavoring to see into, see into deeply, see through. on bombing you've talked about like if someone asks who's thinking and you say thinking thinks or feeling feels mm -hmm. what does it mean for something to be self-existent like that bowing no reference point it's just it's just that it doesn't have uh, if if the way it shows up is dependently risen so it's dependent on this that's dependent on that so the dependent origination uh, kind of demolishes the self-centeredness. If you if you see the entirety of if you see Paratantra, then the imaginary nature may show up in a relative way, and it may not. But it's still just more relativity. And as far as uh, self-existing, that's just a way of talking about something that appears like a singularity, but has no has no. Um, um, no connection to anything else in the in the way of talking about uh, dependent origination. So it's actually the insight there uh, tends to go beyond the relativity that one needs to understand initially as dependent origination. Difficult thing to wrap your uh, brainstem around. <clears throat> That's why these other words are used like rongjong, self-existing. Doesn't have any connection. It's just that. And this is uh, said in this way in order to help you see that when you see something, there isn't anything else. It's just a way of talking about it so that you can, that will encourage you to see directly what is in front of you. Quite often we see what's in front of us and then we have a conclusion about it. It must be this, sometimes called naming or evaluating or judging it. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. And it's especially hard if that thing in front of you is, relatively speaking, it's having its problem, but they're having their problem, and they're blaming you or pointing a finger at you. Very difficult to see that that person is actually pointing at their own mind. They can't see you. No way they can see you. Why can't they see you? There isn't anybody. No solid being anywhere. I'm going, how can we lose the war of trying to get better going? Just to observe the war. And this is where the wall gazing is so important. We sit down, hold still, and we don't like that. If you enjoy meditating, then you probably have a ways to go. When I say a ways to go, I don't know if you do or not. But meditation isn't necessarily about being miserable either. It's just you sit down, you hold still, and you watch the movement. It can, if someone is uh, just beginning, it can be pretty difficult in the beginning. And uh, it can be difficult even 
later on. But we do it anyway. One more question. Certainly. What is authority when there's no progress on the path following? Yeah. <clears throat> so fundamentally, there there is no authority. Uh, it just sometimes it shows up that way, but there's no actual authority. This the authority for something that or something else. So the authority and the no progress on the path are uh, uh, simultaneous. It's, it's just, it happens all at once. You don't need anything. You don't need an authority. You don't need anybody to correct you, or you, you don't have any feeling of being right or wrong. Those, those things no longer make any sense. And we're not saying that somebody comes with a club and hits somebody, uh, that that isn't, from a relative point of view, isn't something that uh, you might not be able to stand by and watch that. Uh, especially if you get there ahead of time and you see the club in motion, you may step into that and take that club away from that person. But it wouldn't be out of hatred. It would just be out of seeing that that if you didn't do that, then someone is going to be suffering some intense pain. Both directions, the person being hit and the person hitting is getting rid of their pain by putting it on someone else. To say, speak of it literally. But no, pro no progress uh, and no authority is the same thing. There isn't anything else. The elseness is gone. Everything is empty of other. It's empty of other. There's no other. I, I wrote that on uh, Uno's uh, Raksu in 2010. It says nothing else. Uh, along with a bunch of other graffiti. Go ahead, Michael. Is impulse ignorance... Yeah, it is. In the skandhas, it's called perception, sometimes called perception impulse. You have a perception and you have an impulse about it. So there's a perception, and then rather than just have the perception, if you just have a perception, then, then, then what is being seen is the perception. And that which is seeing is the perception. So there isn't any, and it isn't any other, and there's no third party. But if, if you if you had the perception and you do something about it, that's the impulse. So you perceive something, you perceive the the a person, a situation, uh, some kind of dynamic. Could be any number of things. We could make something up if we wanted to. And if you do anything with that, then that's the impulse. That doesn't mean that if you if you look at a building, if you're in a house and you smell smoke. You have a perception of smoke. You don't leave the building. You're not. You're not stupid. You understand relative truth. You may be extremely pragmatic because you're aware of your of the an aspect of consciousness that is physically present. It's called the five skandhas. But the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, do not hang on to each other and form an, an entity. They're self-existing. The body is just here. The perception is just this. Even the impulse is just this. The thought process, just. So there's no go. There's no authority. There's no central authority for anything. Michael Bowling, is there anything to see under the ignorance? So it's not so much under it. I think uh, initially that can begin to, when one realizes it, 
realizes that one has been ignoring something, it's kind of embarrassing because you, you're kind of like, uh, you kind of realize that something's been going on, you've been shutting out and assuming it was something else. So, and this will show up differently for different people in different ways, depending on your particular style of uh, ignoring who you are and what this is. But I wouldn't say it so much under it, it's that you realize that the very ignorance itself is with nature. And that, that's why it's so difficult to do this intellectually. The intellect will take you a ways. You know, um, uh, Asanga, Vasubandhu, the Buddha, uh, Nagarjuna, Trungpa Rinpoche, Dogen Zenji, Sekitokisan, Tozan Ryokai, all of these people, Bodhidharma can take you part way, but you have to be the one that makes the leap. And intellect cannot leap. It's, it's, it doesn't have any legs. It just thinks and, and, and analyzes and, and looks at the structure of things. It's powerful when you look closely at that, especially with something like uh, you know, the 30 verses or something where something is actually showing you using concepts that, that what you thought was true is not true. It's just not true. And it's kind of an exhilarating feeling to run into that intellectually as someone who is so clear about what they see that they're able to convert that into words that actually describe that emptiness, the emptiness of self, the emptiness of other. So it's, it's powerful. The, the, the thing that gets seductive about it is you think you can actually do it with your intellect. And you can't. You can't think your way into enlightenment can't think your way out of enlightenment. And I've sometimes said, and, and I'll, I'll say, I'll say it now, and you should ask questions about this. Nothing happens. No one becomes enlightened. I don't know how else is between uh, 10 minutes of meditation and four hours. If one can't become enlightened, they're the same, but you won't know that unless you do it. And you have to do the four hours of meditation. I would have you meditate more. You have to see it yourself. And you, you can't do it by just meditating 10 minutes. Because you'll always assume that uh, four hours is longer. I like that smile. <laughs> it, it's an imputation. Time is an imputation. Meditation is an imputation. Enlightenment itself is uh, is a relative way of talking about something that transcends relativity. Michael Bong, so you talk about seeing it, like I, I have to actually see it for myself instead of having a concept about it. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to kind of go counter to no self who, who would be seeing it that's that's why it's a, so paradoxical because you this is why it's called in ancient times when this started to show up for those ancient mariners uh they they came up with uh, with words like uh, shunyata uh is a tibetan for empty 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 of what empty of your ideas about it empty of your imputation empty of your value judgment empty Empty, empty. It's just what it is. It looks like different things with different values. So it's empty, uh, but at the same time, it is full of what it is and empty of what you thought it was.
It's, it's full of what it is. This is sometimes called Buddha nature or the third turning teachings, Tathagatagarbha, the womb of the, of the, of one who comes thusly. Michael Bong, so if I think that I can graduate from doing four hour block sits, does that mean that I'm settling for the concept about it? Yeah, you'll, if you think you can graduate from doing four hour block sits, uh, you're never going to graduate. You're going to have to set four-hour block sets for, from now on from the, for the rest of your life. Sorry, sorry to tell you that. That was the wrong question. <laughs> Why don't you see if you can ask me the question where, where, I, where, I, where I will say to you, you no longer have to block set. I don't see anybody that needs to stop block setting. <laughs> Maybe Rumi. Wait a minute, he hasn't started. You see what I'm saying a little bit? I'm saying train your mind. I'm saying see, you see. You see what this is yourself. And that, that seeing is both completely, um, um, it, it's fundamentally vast and without measurement, vast, completely vast and, and uh, interpenetrating, totality, and yet it's absolutely ordinary. It's no different than a, a bad a pencil eraser. You know, the kind that it's an eraser and you go to erase something and it puts a big black smudge. It's that ordinary. Whenever you say things like that, whenever you compare the vastness to an eraser, yes, there seems to be an automatic response in that over here of, I understand what that is. Yeah. So how, how do I continue on the path when that's the first thought that arises? I can help you. Are you ready? I get really excited about questions like this. <laughs> and you know what the difference between you and this person is you think you understand it, and I know I don't understand it. More? I know you don't understand it. Over so there. Statement oh, oh, because you think you are somebody that can understand or not understand. Ego. I'm not saying you don't have an understand. You probably do. I, there's all kinds of people who understand this and can explain uh, emptiness and explain, explain non-duality and everything. But if you think you understand, and this is this is a this is a, a the ego the self centeredness is is coming to a conclusion about the equality of sameness and difference. So it's even further than what Sakitokisin was pointing to. It's even further than what Bodhidharma is pointing to. It's even further than what Vasubandhu is. Vasubandhu is probably just roaring with laughter, watching people study his text. I'm not saying he's happy that that he just sees that they that the 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 cosmic joke is it takes quite a while to see that it takes an awful lot of seriousness and then when we see it, there's no conclusion, there's no exclusion, there isn't anyone else, and you're free, you're liberated liberation is uh, doesn't mean somebody's free it means there isn't anyone.
There, there's no solid being. There's just Buddha nature. Just, just everything is completely awake. Nothing has ever slept anywhere. Makes you want to take a nap, doesn't it? More Michael or less Michael? <laughs> Go ahead. Further questions are good if you have them. Go ahead, Jessica. Huh? Pardon me? You waste your time uh, from the point of view of Sandhaka, you waste your time uh, by not practicing, not studying, not not keeping your nose right in the Buddha's Dharma. Everything's dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual being. And that's a, a relative statement of something that's just impossible to describe because the beingness seems so palpable. I mean, I'm the one who is clapping hands. You're not. But, you know, but it's, so the relativity is so intense that it's it's just difficult to see it without a lot of persistence. So don't waste your time. Practice. This doesn't mean that you have to become a monk necessarily. Some people, if they need to be monks, they know it, and they'll that's what they'll do. Um, some people may never receive vows or anything, but they just continue to practice. Practice and study. I, I don't know of anything else to do, anything other than that to on this path, uh, there might be other things you can do, but the most important part is, uh, as it's uh, the conventional metaphor is the two wings of the bird, practice, study. You need the, you need the intellectual part of it to, to give the ego something to do while your wisdom mind is uh, 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 stops drooling over everything. Right. Um, you said intellect cannot leap. What can leap? <clears throat> so it's the metaphor of leaping uh, is used because it's like it's like uh, moving into uh, an open dimension where you feel like you're starting to fall, and so it's like a leap. It's it's like a willingness to just. You, you want the truth so bad that you, you don't care what happens. You don't care if there's even any consequences. Or you want to know the truth. You're tired of it. You're worn out from looking for ideas about the truth or things you can hang on to that this is true. So that leap comes. It's like standing next to the edge of a cliff, a strong metaphor for it, and you just, uh, you just leap. There might be a time when you leap. There might be uh, the leaping that might happen, and you might not really register in your mind that I leaped. But some kind of a, it's like a non-occurrence, and so I don't know how else to say it. The one of the other metaphors is, is you are afraid of leaping because we don't want to die or do it, but. The leaping is you leap and you start to fall and you never you never land. Nothing ever hits. There's just everything is in free fall. Sometimes called uh, realization or freedom uh, freedom from extremes. There's no extreme. There's no leaping. There's no falling. There's no hitting the ground. There's no extremes of anything. There's just a completely open dimension of being. Sometimes called totality. 
that means uh, the, the, the death of self um, through, through leaping. What is that? Where does this impulse to leap uh, come from? What wants to leap? leap? Just uh, bodhicitta. We, we have to use some kind of names for this because we it's difficult to do it from the point of view of, well, I want to do this. So this is where the mind of awakening, the relative bodhicitta is the, is, the, is the wish or desire to put others before yourself, save all beings. Someone, others, that's difficult to do. It sounds like, well, I can do that. I'm a pretty friendly person. I'm quite helpful. I'm not talking about that. It uh, seems to be more extensive than that. So relative bodhicitta, relative. And then absolute bodhicitta is realizing that everything is totally unreal, that nothing is, there, there's no jumping, there's no one to jump, there's no one to become enlightened, there is no enlightenment. We don't go into so far that we go into nihilism that somebody picking up a club and hitting another person, that, well, it's just an illusion. You don't go that far. You haven't, you haven't become uh, um, uh, insane in that kind of a dynamic, you would still help that person. You, you'd be able to function absolutely and relatively without seeing any difference. Is it possible to waste your time? On the cushion. On the cushion. Um, well, if you're sitting on the cushion doing crosswords, then I don't know if it'd be a waste of time, uh, but it would probably be, might as well just go to the kitchen table and do the crosswords. So I'm being a little silly, but I'm saying if you're sitting down and endeavoring to hold still and watch what moves, you're not wasting time, regardless of your experience. So it's not about gathering experiences, but it's also not about not ignoring the experience or not abandoning the experience for your interpretation of it or abandoning abandoning the experience by pushing it away or trying to stop it don't don't meddle with anything starting with your own mind don't meddle just receive be genuine whatever whatever is coming up in your mind is just what you need to see albeit painful or boring or entertaining regardless of what it is What if when we're sitting on the cushion that our entire experience on the cushion is doing everything there? Monkey mind or squirrel. What's your question? That is my question. Was it a what if? Did you say what if? I don't know how to word the question. Um, I find myself. No, don't don't I'm give me a statement. Don't, get, don't give me a statement. How do don't I get, don't, okay, I'll take that question. How do you not do what? How do I not? I do don't it every time. Fight. <laughs> fight. Your only job. Your only, this is why this is difficult. The only, your only job in the cushion is to hold still. If you're not holding still, then probably you should get up and walk around. But if you can hold still and all of your senses are open, then no matter what is happening, I don't care how big the warfare is or how much you're fighting with it, just observe that. What you're doing, it's a process called uh, um, 
making friends with yourself, the negativity that continues to arise as uh, objecting to your mind, objecting to your world, objecting to your life, objecting. You have to make friends with that. And how do we do that? Just stop fighting with it. Stop trying to correct it. Try Stop trying to be somebody else who doesn't have that problem. Actually, be, be the problem. This is what I mean when I say be genuine. It's not easy. And once you have done that, then you find there's other things that are waiting in the wings for you to accept them too. The next thing you know, you've got 15 or 20 years or maybe more of things that you need to actually look at. We've all been here forever. I'm not... I don't particularly believe in past lives or disbelieve in them. I don't believe in much at all. But something is going on that's very deep, that's much deeper than this lifetime. If you have no clue about that at all, you will. You'll have a clue about it. So there's a lot of work to be done. This is why we, this is why I have uh, as much as I can because of my experience of mind training with my, with my teachers. I realized some one of the things that was really missing is strong sangha. It doesn't have to be hundreds of people. It's even better if it's not hundreds of people. A couple of dozen is perfect. So and work together. Look at look at how much different each person is. The way they understand, especially if you if you study a particular text and you notice how people have completely different understandings of how that text shows up for them and how what what is meaningful, what is not. Maybe they might even interpret it differently. So that's valuable and a lot of sitting practice. An hour a day is not enough. More, sit more. Try to get in a couple hours a day. Get in more than that. Sit, do some block sitting once uh, once a week or once uh, twice a month or something so that you get some really strong uh, feeling of, of being totally, this is a worthless thing to do. If you think meditation is valuable, then you're probably not doing it correctly. You should ask questions about that if you don't follow me. Of course, ultimately, it's, it's valuable. But the feeling that it's not valuable is, is that's ego. The self-centered mind wants a little bit of a little bit of result here. And if you've been meditating for um, years and you're still unhappy and miserable, then uh, you should talk to me about it. You said there's a lot of work to be to be done, yet there's no progress on the path. Yes. So what's the work? Uh, Just continually continuing to return to whatever's and to observe whatever's arising, whatever's fading away. To, to actually experience for yourself in your mind in permanence, and notice that that which witnesses that doesn't do anything, has no identity, cannot be found. You cannot find a self anywhere. But there's some kind of witnessing quality that needs to be understood deeply as you watch what's coming and going. And you, uh, contrary to, say, uh, Sogwen or, or Chazan or anyone else, that may function differently with you than it does. Uh, fundamentally, it won't be different. But initially, there'll be different ways of working with passion, aggression, and ignorance and, uh, and how that arises for you. More? Michael. Michael Bowing, the way you talk about how there's differences and how that shows up, how would I know how it's showing up for me if I have no idea? Bowing? Just continue. Just continue. Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You're living in a monastery. 
pretty good place to be. If you're interested in the spiritual path, this is a really good place to be because everything is about that, whether you ignore it or not. Everything, all the forms are about that. About train the mind, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. And I know it's a lot more difficult these days with the coronavirus and everything and not having the distance and just makes the whole monastery situation much it's still, we still do it, but it, it's harder to actually do it as a community. And the community part is really important. Yes. I have a question from earlier today. Very good. Do our emotions come out of our positions? Do our emotions come out of our physicians? Our physicians. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm not really, I'm not sorry. Not really. So out of our position. So I think there's, uh, when we, if I'm understanding you, you mean we take a position on something like this is right or that's, and then we have some kind of emotion when that gets us in trouble or somebody objects, or is that what you're saying? I think so. If we truly didn't know what was in front of us, could we have an emotional response to it? Yes. Yeah, you could. There would be an emotional response, but it wouldn't necessarily be a, a, someone having that emotional response. Everything is dependently arisen. Emotions are going to come and go. Right now, they look like they're your property or they're your subjectivity or you're having an emotion about that or you're having an emotion about that. Sometimes it gets so intense, we, we really resent you know, in some places in the world, it gets so strong that we actually go after and hurt somebody that we think is causing our negative feelings. It's uh, called warfare. So, but really, no, no one uh, has that. No one has that kind of power to do that because they're because it's fundamentally not separate. So, therefore, any kind of positionality you have uh, is is just you're you're just inventing that. <clears throat> More. Does the um, teaching of Rong Zhang refute causality? No, <clears throat> it just it just extends the un the understanding of it. The first the first understanding is this causes that, okay, and so then we think ah I got it. So if I can get a hold of this and control that, then I can get that to cause this. So we we, we kind of get suckered into that thing that we're in control of our lives, which is of course the fundamental propaganda of ego, you know, like, like the people who will say, you have to make the right decisions. This is just baloney. No, you have to find out the, if there is a decision maker. It has to be more radical than just making the right decisions. I'm not saying that you want to take that away from uh, somebody who's uh, 17 years old and is trying to make the right decision about what school to go to. I'm not trying to destroy the whole human race with a couple of statements saying, but it needs to be understood in, in stages so that we can work with it where people are at. Some people are not ready to hear about dependent origination. Uh, it's too big of a slap in the face to that which they think they are. So the Rang Zhang just means that once you begin to see dependent origination, you see that everything is happening all at once. 
there, there's no the whole idea of time is just a misunderstanding uh, that is that is uh, that we get attribution because it looks every, like everything's changing. You know, the, the they couldn't get a uh, just the sun and the moon moving. That was what they used in you know what thousand years ago, and then they had to find something that would move in the, at the same time. So then they invented the what do they call that clock? So then we can watch the hand go around, and that's then we, then that's aligned with the the sundial or whatever. But fundamentally, nothing is happening. And so when we begin to see a deeper level of dependent origination, which means not only this cause that cause that cause that cause that cause that cause that cause 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 effect 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 countless. That's just. That's nothing. That's just a way of saying that you can't see them all. And if you do start to see more than 15 or 20, you start to get a migraine. To actually see that it's choiceless. It's not that you aren't here and you can't make a simple choice like I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to have a drink of coffee. Choice. And as I've said many times, what is ignored is where did this come from? I, where do these come from? Are these, are these your hands, my hands? Are these, are these even hands? Find out, take nothing for granted. Don't take anything for granted. Find out, use your wisdom mind, your prajna, go deeply into anything. No conclusions, no exclusions, just bear attention, wisdom. So Rangjung would show up as, as seeing that since nothing is separate, then the self-nature, the self-nature of things just arises without cause, without effect, without anything particular that is extra. How are you going to, how are you going to, if you see something like that, how are you going to bring that into some kind of conceptual model where you can talk about it? It's like, you, you know, it's like, what was it? Uh, I um, can't remember the dancer's name. That, uh, maybe she was a singer. It was, no, it was dancer. Dancing about architecture. Is that what it was? What was her name? Lori, Lori Anderson. I think it's Reb Anderson's sister. But I might be wrong about that. Dancing about architecture. Can you bow so just to continue with Shoto's line of questioning, um, do we need to see the standards that we've set up to see that that too is a position? I think that's going to be part of it for some people. It's going to be more intense part for some people and less for others. I mean, it seems like our whole society is built on standards. It is. So how can we um, work within those standards without reference points? Oh, yes. It's not about getting rid of the reference points. It's noticing the, the way you use reference points. So some people are more reference, re referential activity going on and less with others. But if those standards have deep, deep emotions tied to them, yeah. is it the standard? That has the emotion? 
No, it's the imputation that there's someone that is uh, clamped down on it. There's somebody who is either benefiting from it or suffering from it or doesn't isn't concerned with it, simply put. It's, it's a mistaken identity is the main situation. Go ahead. So what about the Black Lives Matter, all the the, the upheaval that we're seeing in our country? It's, it's dependent origination. That people have been shot down and put down for hundreds of years, probably way before that. They've been slaves around forever. So it's just the, something who's, as they say, whose time has come. People have had enough, and it's par partially because of the, uh, the the causes and conditions. Like we have the, the the virus thing that opens things up and makes things have a different kind of di uh, dynamic to them, and people are tired of it. People are just have been seeing that over, and it's like enough people start to get upset about it, and that starts move starts moving that way. And then I'm sure the rest of you can feel it. I certainly can feel it. I want to go do some. I want to do something like that myself. I feel moved by that. I'm not sitting back here all uh, uh, stoic, not having any feelings. I'm extremely moved by all that. It's hard to watch any of that, any of that without sobbing. You don't, you don't get to be some special person who's separate from anything. You're more, it's more, you're more involved in it. But you also are so involved in it that you might not think that you have to do something else to get more involved. We already are fundamentally swamped by every 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 emotion, every feeling, everything you see. You're you're available for everything. And someone who is not available might feel guilty, like they need to be more available, and they might go out and put Black Lives Matter signs in their yard. Not that you wouldn't do that anyway. You follow me a little bit? Further questions? Good if you have it. That's a good. It's a good area. So the right and that's where the right and wrong is. Uh, you don't need to do that. I say if somebody came to me and said, "I'm going to march on Lansing or something," I wouldn't stop you or try to talk you out of it. I would just say, "Do whatever you need to do." But what I say, train your mind. Don't take unexamined aggression out into this world as it is right now, because if you if you have aggression you haven't witnessed, you don't know about, you'll think it's out there. You think it's somebody else. Certainly. Any further questions? We have a little time if anyone has another question. Sometimes yes. what seems to show up in my shikantaza is physical movement. And sometimes to the point where I wonder if my intention is to hold still. Am I still training my mind? Yes. Yes. So, so it's always about awareness. So the, the, the worst thing you can do is to not practice or not sit. You just to not do it, to just stop. Don't stop. Keep going, no matter what. And insofar as you can, if you feel your mind grasping for a credential or grasping for a result or trying to get some proof that what you're doing is has some value to it, then just watch that. Anything that's mo moving is, uh, as I've said before, is fair game for awareness. It doesn't have to be a particular kind of thought. It doesn't have to be a wholesome thought or unwholesome thought. And you might, that might register too. You might notice that you're having uh, thoughts of wanting to uh, murder your neighbor. I know I think that all the time about my neighbor. But it's unreal. And it, when, when you see that the thought is unreal, then the whole, the whole thought process will, will start streaming through. Everybody's thoughts will start going through your head. Without, a, without mind training, uh, you might need a psychiatrist. 
it, get, it can get very, very challenging and difficult. But that's why we have this, uh, the, um, what do they call them? Um, what is that? Are they call a logarithm? Is that it? Logarithm? Huh? Algorithms. Algorithm, yeah. A logarithm is, that's another, that's about in the woods. So I'm not going to do that one. The algorithm is the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. This is this will uh, this will protect you. And seeing uh, seeing confusion as the four kayas is the supreme shunyata protection. Uh, one of the Atisha's seven points of mind training: Dharma kaya, Sambhoga kaya, Nirmana kaya, Svabhavika kaya. Seeing that everything is completely pure, Dharma kaya. Seeing that everything is completely transparent and empty, Nirmana kaya. And seeing that those are not separate. Sambhogakaya. This is the, and all three together is uh, Swabhavikakaya. So if you like concepts, go study that one for a while. But nothing is, the, the very separation we see is not separate. The very separation that you're looking at, you're looking at no separation. You're, you look at me, what am I telling you? Find out who you are. Because you aren't, you aren't a separate being. Don't believe a word I say, but consider it. Responded to somebody earlier saying that if you're moving a bunch, that it may just be better to get up and walk around. Yes. Is it? Might it be more helpful to sit there and watch myself fail to hold still? How do I know? There, there, I mean, you'll know. It, it, you'll know as long as you're not adding on to that that there's a right way and a wrong way. You've been meditating for a couple of years. A lot of meditation. You can you you can see this yourself and see what needs to be done. Whatever you do is doesn't need correcting. The only thing that would need correcting is if you stop meditating, then you're going to have a problem with me. I mean, why wouldn't you? Not not much will happen. I'll just get really mad, <laughs> shake my finger at you. So. Here, let me simplify it. If you're sitting and you find you're moving around a lot, then uh, see if you can stop it. See if you can hold still. Do it in short, short. Just stop for uh, you know a few breaths, hold still, and then let yourself move around a little bit, and then go back and start and and work at it very slowly. Everybody's dynamic is really different here, and I've been, as I said, I've talked to a lot of people about their sitting practice. I've sometimes had people that won't allow themselves to move, and you know. And you can't, you, if somebody is determined they're going to do something a certain way and it shows up a certain way, I don't care if I'm their teacher. They just won't, they just will disregard what I say. It's happened. I'm not going to name names or anything, but people will tell me that, yes, you're my teacher. Yes, yes. But if I tell them how to practice, then they, well, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do it that way. I'd rather be taught this other way. Um, what you're looking for, you are. You already are that. It's just that it can take a whole lifetime to recognize that, to see the that everywhere, everything you look at is looking back at you. Further questions? You were talking earlier about how your mind might be solving some kind of 
It's your 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 uh, volume is really low, so could you say it one more time and I'll lean in. Wow, that's terrible. Uh, you were talking about listening to yourself, uh, your or that your mind might solve some kind of problem with a shed you're building while you're sitting on the cushion. Yes. How does watching your mind do that help us see what this is? Because you are are you listening? Because you are just watching forms move. And it doesn't matter if it's a shed. It doesn't matter if it's the, uh, the heart sutra. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's thinking about the fundamental nature of reality is not separate from whatever. So it's about the awareness. Uh, the, what arises in the awareness is just phenomena. And it is empty of our imputations about it. So therefore, rather than trying to control ourselves, this is not about control. This is about seeing the truth. And to see the truth means that you don't see anything else but the truth. So the way you're training your mind is you're, you're, you could say, you could say it this way, that you're actually strengthening your ability to just include, just, just witness things, just receive things as they show up, rather than, than say, well, this is just about building a shed. That's a waste of time to daydream about that. I need to stop daydreaming and start to, uh, look at uh, the fundamental nature of reality or contemplate the 30 verses or or uh, regard to this uh, fourfold negation or something like that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should study the precepts. You should study whatever material is out there. There's tons of it. Um, but also when you're doing sitting meditation, this is the time to receive. When you're up, you're reading something, then think all you want, set the, set the material away on building the shed and concentrate on the the Diamond Sutra or whatever it is you're studying, and then be more specific and focused. But when you're sitting, just observe, just receive, give everything your attention. If you find that you're spending uh, 20 minutes uh, uh, trying to figure out your taxes, not a problem, not from, not from this teacher. Uh, other teachers are gonna say, well, here's how you stop doing that. And they'll give you techniques for clearing your mind or keeping you, making you more mindful so that you you feel like you're more mindful. I don't, uh, when I say I don't care how you feel, of course I care how you feel. I don't want you to be miserable. But I'm saying this is a way to transcend that situation. It doesn't mean that you won't, that suffering won't still arise, but it will no longer find uh, someone who's suffering. Yes, I like I like that you brought up that shed example because I was fixing your generator shed today on the cushion. <laughs> and I'm going to go out and take a look and see how it's coming. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I've been working on that shed too, and um, I've been thinking about if I went out there and cut a hole in there, and then opened that up, then the exhaust would go out that hole, and I wouldn't even have to worry about putting an exhaust pipe out there. But then I also saw. You know, if I bought a really high velocity, high velocity fan and installed that in there, and uh, wouldn't you know, I I went on uh, Amazon and ordered a fan. And but the difference between you and me is uh, you were meditating and uh, I was meditating, but I wasn't sitting on a cushion doing it. 
I was uh, out in the shed with a saw. <laughs> no, I was not there. When I have a thought stream about something like the shed, it feels like I'm thinking that, but then I can have another thought stream that comes in and it feels more objective or like I'm just watching something come. So how can there be that distinction? Yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, just continue to look at that. Notice the difference between it. Notice the contrast between that. Don't solve that as some kind of philosophical challenge. Do nothing with it. Just observe the observe the contrast between the figuring out part and the part where you're you have a kind of a feeling like you might be um, skipping out on your awareness practice because you're killing birds with stones. Mm-hmm. Yes. You say strengthen the awareness, not the thought process. Could the opposite be happening? Probably. It could be, uh, but it's unlikely if the body is still. If the body's moving, then if the body's moving even even the slightest bit, uh, then it seems like then the thought process, uh, because of its the way the whole that whole dynamic works, then the thought process could be increased. But if you're holding very still, then the, the, the clarity around the movement is stronger. To me, sometimes it seems like um, if, the, if you're engrossed in thought, it's easier to hold still because it doesn't hurt or you're not uncomfortable. Yeah. So you were aware you were engrossed in thought? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to make that statement if you, hadn't, if you hadn't been really engrossed in thought. It's not about not being engrossed in thought. It's about awareness of being engrossed in thought. So we're, it's at four o'clock, but I'm happy to take another question or two if you have them. If you don't, we can also... Um, Dedicated to merit, and I'll see you tomorrow if you come to the, to the, uh, isn't there a talk tomorrow? Yeah, oh. Zoom room and YouTube. Before I do that, I want to practice some of my language skills. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to start out with, que uh, siempre seas feliz. How was that, Anna Maria? Any good? Oh, good, okay. And where's, uh, uh, I'm going to try one with Maria. I know I'm going to fail utterly, but I, I don't mind uh, because I. I, I what? Say it again. Que seas feliz. Seas. Seas feliz. Que, que, que siempre, siempre seas feliz. Feliz. Seas feliz. 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 Yes, thank you. Okay, th- this is a really hard one, and and uh, Maria has uh, already corrected me and told her, uh, said that I'm uh, because I don't have, know the sexual orientation for words that are uh, that are for women or men, and she tried to help me with it, but since I didn't write down, and I don't, did you ever send me anything? 
Maria, in writing? Oh, good. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to try this. It's actually very good. <laughs> the, the problem with Polish is that you are addressing a single man oh. by saying so. I'm talking to Terry. <laughs> and then French, uh, my my French uh, coach is sound asleep in uh, Brittany, so she won't be here. But uh, uh, let's see. Puisez-vous toujours être être Peru 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 May you always be happy. And then Chinese is actually fairly easy. Um, probably see, uh, do I have anybody that knows Chinese? So I see Michael's here, he knows some Chinese. Ch um, Michael, you might recognize this one. It is uh, It means may you always be happy in uh, Mandarin. And I'll do one more, which is in German. Anybody speak German? Abyssal. Huh? A little. Abyssal. Okay. I'll try. And there might be somebody on YouTube that's... Uh... No, I don't see anybody there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see. I got it. Moges du immer glücklichstein. Glücklichstein. Moges du immer Huh? Was it glucosine? Glucosine? Glucosine. No. Do immer glucosine? No. Yeah. I did my best. Okay, I won't torture you guys anymore, and we'll dedicate the merit uh, from the monastery. So that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. May you always be happy.